As we welcome along our vet today, Dr. Kimberly Earle, good afternoon. Hello, how's it going today? Very good. Now, you've got a scratching here. We're talking about itchy skin today, I believe. Yeah, coming into summer, lots of allergic skin disease, so we'll have a bit of a chat. And also joining us, Daniel Carrington. Hello and welcome. G'day, Dave. A special guest joining us. We do. Look, remember the movie Red Dog? Yes, I do. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about Yellow Dog. And it's not a movie, but a worldwide campaign uh, that looks at dogs who actually need a bit of space and then dressing them up with a bit of yellow. Yellow dog. Yeah, yellow dog. Look, we're talking to Sue Treen uh, about a campaign that's gathering momentum worldwide with dog trainers. So, Sue, hi. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Danny. How are you? Look, um, yellow dog, what is it? It's a worldwide campaign that supports sensitive dogs who need space or time to move away from people and animals. So by using a yellow ribbon, a bandana or a leash to identify those dogs, it allows others to see that they need more space. I think it's a great idea um, with that, just a, a particular colour saying, look, this dog needs some space. So I guess the question is, what kind of dogs um, would benefit from wearing uh, something yellow? It might be, it's an individual thing, so some dogs may wear it for shorter or longer periods, but it may be an older dog who might have arthritis, they may have recently had surgery and you don't want other dogs jumping on them. Mm -hmm. It could relate to recently adopted dogs who need time to settle into their new surroundings. Um, It could be dogs that have previously been attacked by other dogs and they just don't want another dog in their face. Um, some pet dogs aren't comfortable with people coming up and patting them. So um, an overexcitable dog might be being trained and you want to keep his focus on the, the person. Um, and you could even use it for new puppies. I think that's a good idea, actually, with, with puppies because sometimes you want to walk a puppy but, you know, it might not have its full vaccinations uh, and therefore you don't want other dogs or other people coming coming close to you and playing around with your puppy. So by wearing something yellow, this could prevent that from happening. Is that right? Yes, yes. And it also, um, puppies from the age of 0 to 16 weeks is when they... Anything that happens to them actually imprints on them in that time. So you want to make sure if they're going to socialise with people or with other dogs that the puppy is actually comfortable doing that. So it gives you the opportunity to control who they meet and in what manner they meet rather because everybody wants to stop and pat a puppy because they're so cute. But it gives you the ability to be able to control the way the dog meets other people. Can you tell us again what yellow... um uh, where can they can they be wearing to 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 show people this is uh, stay away give me space? Well, there's bandanas available. There we have Gentle Leader has a leash which is yellow and it has imprinted on it in big black lettering saying I need space please. Mm. Um, and there will soon be vests available that will say the same thing. Okay, so um, and where are these things available if someone wanted to get some? They're available from specialty pet shops. Mm-hmm. We'll carry them. Um, I guess with the leash, it's pretty good because it actually says I need space and it's a yellow leash, is it? Yes, and even if they don't know about the Yellow Dog campaign, just the fact that the words stand out so much mm. makes people aware of the fact that they need to think before coming up and approaching you. So, yes, yeah, a yellow leash but with black writing that says I need space. Space, yeah. And what it also does, because... You know, owners of dogs that um, are reactive, 
usually are on high alert and it's fairly stressful for them, you know, yeah. worrying about other dogs or people approaching their dog. And the dog often feeds on that stress. Mm. So by being able to give the message across without yelling at people, um, it, it relaxes the dog and the owner. So that's another benefit of it. And how is the campaign being rolled out? It's mainly through dog trainers. Mm -hmm. So um, a number of dog trainers right throughout Australia. And if you want more information on it, you can go to their webpage, which is Yellow Dog Australia, and you can read more information there. Sue, thank you for your time. That's a great campaign. I, I think uh, it'll take maybe a couple of years to educate people, but the more of those yellow leashes that we see or yellow jackets and bandanas, I think the message will come across as people are walking their dogs. Oh, he's got a yellow leash. Let's not go close to him. And that'll get that message through. I think it's great. Yep, it's a great idea, and we just need to help spread the word. Yes. All right, and that's what we're doing today. Thank you, Sue. Thank you very much, Danny. Bye. And for you, Kimberly, we've got Ron joining us from Arcadia Vale. Hi, Ron. How can I help? Um, you could, Kimberly. I, my wife and I, we live in Arcadia Vale. I grow a lot of organic vegetable. Uh, we've got two budgies, two guinea pigs, and two rabbits. We have just acquired the, the guinea pigs and the rabbits just here lately. Uh, and really, we just want to know what we can't feed like give them to eat in the vegetable in the line in the vegetable line. Right. Okay. What you can or what you can't. What we can't. What you can't. Okay. So or, or even what we can, please. Yeah. So I mean, the biggest thing with rabbits and guinea pigs is that we want them to live on a lot of fiber, high fiber food, and we talk about long stem fiber. So grass and hay should really make up the majority of their. Um, their diet, but certainly there's lots of, of your leafy, you know, leafy green vegetables are the things that you're going to be wanting to feed them. So the things to avoid are things that are high, um, in carbohydrates or high in, um, starches and also things that are very high in protein and legumes. So we do try to avoid things like, um, beans and peas. We try to avoid, um, potatoes and, and those sorts of things. Anything that's too high in sugar isn't going to be very good for them. They really need to have, um, the bacteria in their gut that are sort of aimed towards the, the high cellulose um, and high fiber products that they're eating and they can't live in combination with the bacteria that are high um, carbohydrate digesters. So grass, green leafy vegetables, um, very small quantities of things like um, uh, they can eat carrot tops, so but we wouldn't give lots of carrot, despite what you know what Disney would have you believe. Um, so lots of carrot tops. Any of your herbs that you're growing is going to be fine. Um, broccoli and cauliflower, the leaves okay, um, not so much the actual um, heads. Um, and we want to just have even the leaves for those ones we want to have in sort of moderate to, to smaller sort of quantities. But certainly any of your green leafy veggies that you're growing in the garden, and a lot of the um, you know you might. Um, eat the asparagus tips, but they can have the other bits of the asparagus and things like that as well. We're having a chat today about itchy skin. Is it that time of the season where it gets a bit itchy for our dogs, isn't it? Absolutely. Spring and summer are the big t um, sort of seasons that we see for allergic skin disease, um, and they can come up for a number of different reasons. Usually our classic uh, dogs and cats coming up with allergic skin disease are going to be between sort of two and maybe six years of age, but it can certainly happen in animals that are younger than that or even older than that. Um, the big allergens that we see, number one in Australia is fleas, and so we have fleas on animals 
animals that make them itchy because they're climbing through their skin. But the next um, sort of most common reason for fleas to cause itchiness is an allergic, excuse me, an allergic reaction to the saliva of the fleas. And those ones, you may not see fleas on them because it might just be that they've been walking through the park, they've had a single flea bite, and that has sent off the um, the really itchy sort of reaction in the body. So all pets really should be covered with a very good um, flea preventative. Um, the other one that we see really commonly at this time of year is what we call atopic dermatitis. Um, so atopic dermatitis is similar to hay fever in humans. So we get all these pollens and grasses and things in the air. And in our pets, instead of coming out as respiratory signs, you know, runny, itchy eyes and things like that, it comes out in the skin. And so we see um, scratching, itchy, dry skin. We often will see redness on the skin or little um, pimply looking things if they get secondary bacterial infections on the skin. Um, and these dogs are often very, very, very itchy. And, you know, owners will come and say, the last three weeks, you know, since the warm weather hit, my dog's just been scratching. Sometimes they're scratching so much they're making themselves bleed. Um, they're keeping themselves up at night. They might be shaking their um, their heads because a lot of them will get um, infections in the ears associated with it. They might be licking at their paws or have really red and inflamed paws, um, either from stuff that they're walking on or just because it's in the skin and they're licking at the paws then. And every time they're licking or biting at themselves, they're inoculating their skin and, and introducing moisture as well as bacteria from the mouth onto the skin. And so these dogs often will have, and, and cats as well, will have secondary bacterial infections. Now we can do, we can treat the infections, um, but we often need to also help and, and give them things to try to help dampen down the immune system's response to the allergic condition. And sometimes that's just using a short course of um, steroids to get really intense itching under control. Sometimes it's putting them on um, longer-term antihistamines. Um, sometimes we actually refer you to a, a veterinary dermatologist because there are some patients who we can successfully do allergy testing on and, and go through a course of desensitization where they'll get periodic little injections um, that teach the body not to be so reactive to, to some of these things that they're getting. So there's lots that we can do, and I would certainly encourage people, if you have a dog or a cat who's really, really itching, um, to go and see your vet about it. Lots of people will say, I've tried bathing, I've tried, you know, different flea products. Um, but, you know, it's quite often the secondary infection that's the really, really itchy part. And once we start to get that under control, then a lot of the itching will sort of settle down. It's sort of a compounding problem. You know, they, they itch and scratch, um, and so they're chewing at themselves because it's itchy. Um, that's then making the skin moist, and that's what then allows the bacterial um, infection, which is also itchy, to take hold. And so it's just this really nasty, vicious so if you've got itchy, scratchy pets, then it's certainly worthwhile seeing your vet about it and see if there's anything we can do to make them feel better. Got a lot of pollens in that in the air at the moment. It really mm -hmm. impacts and affects a lot of humans with sneezing. Do yeah. we have our animals that uh, suffer from this also? Not so much. Not the respiratory tract, um, you know, sort of signs. I have seen dogs that will get really, really red eyes or sometimes watery eyes, but we don't tend to notice the sneezing as much. Usually in dogs and cats, if they're sneezing, it's going to be something else that's an actual respiratory, um, you know, tract disease. So um, kennel cough will cause coughing, um, cat flu will cause, you know, sort of sneezing and mucus discharge and things like that. So okay. yeah, it's okay. a little different. Kim, when is it okay? Sorry, Kim, when is it, when is it okay to use an antihistamine on your pet? Um, I think certainly if you've um, if you've been to a vet and we know that there isn't a raging um, you know infection on the skin, um, antihistamines will not help with that at all. Mm -hmm. um, but lots of my patients, you know, I've got a standing um, a standing sort of order for them to to use some Phenergan or there's certainly some veterinary licensed ones. Antihistamines are a little bit less reliable in um, dogs and cats than they are with humans. And so sometimes, you know, for you and I, Danny, if we took um, a dose of Phenergan, we'd have a fairly similar sort of reaction to it. You know, I might get a little more 
more drowsy than you do, Mm -hmm. but the antihistamine effects are going to be fairly similar. Whereas with dogs and cats, we do find we sometimes have to go through two or three or four to find the one that works right for Lucky or Fido. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we sort of have a bit of a list of, you know, let's try this one, see how it goes. If that one doesn't work, we can try the next one. Um, So, I mean, from from the whole, antihistamines are relatively safe um, and and they don't have some of the the big side effects that some of our steroids and things do. Um, But like I said, they're not as effective and they certainly won't be any good if there's a skin infection on the skin. So we really need to make sure that that's dealt with first. Before we go too much further, anything mm-hmm. else you'd like to talk to us about today, Kimberly? Oh, well, we um, we touched a little bit on some itchy itchy skin things. There are a couple other reasons your pets can get quite itchy. Um, but fleas, I guess, Danny, you'd, you'd get lots of questions about flea products and things like that too, I'm sure, in your, in your shop. We think as a veterinary community that really all um, cats and dogs in Australia should be protected from fleas all year round. Um, we certainly do see an increase in flea activity in summertime, but... Uh, you know, even where I come from in Canada, we can see fleas in the middle of winter on, on dogs and cats. So certainly Newcastle is plenty warm enough to have fleas all year round. Um, and the trouble that we often have with people, they say, none of these flea products are working on my pet. Um, and that's not likely to be the case, although we probably do see some... You have some... to give them some time, don't you? You can't absolutely. chop and change. Yeah, that's right, absolutely. Because the, the trouble is f- that the fleas that you're seeing on your dog or cat are really just the tip of the iceberg. So they say for every flea that's on a pet, there's a 100 more fleas in various life stages in their environment. So really we're just seeing like the, the tip of the iceberg on the animal. And so um, the, the worst part about fleas is that they have this ability to lay eggs, and the lay- eggs can lie dormant for significant periods of time in the environment. Certainly six months is not uncommon and and nothing just about kills the eggs. So your sprays, your um, you know mortine bombs and things like that you can do in your house and the topicals that you put on your pet, they will get rid of the adult fleas, they will help with the larvae and the pupae stages, but they really aren't going to do anything for the eggs. And so if you've managed to develop a big egg burden in your house, you just have to wait it out until those eggs decide that, yep, the conditions are right, I'm going to hatch out now into um, juvenile fleas, and that's when you're going to be able to get them. So it's really one of those problems you just have to be persistent with and not do this chopping and changing. And once once mm. those eggs hatch, yep. if your dog is wearing those uh, topical treatments yep. like Frontline, yep. Advantix, and so forth for Comfortus, Comfortus then, then yep. those fleas will actually be killed off before they lay more eggs. Absolutely, yeah. So that's the trick. And unfortunately, when we a lot of the time we don't do the flea treatments during the the winter, and that's not a great thing. Mm. So we end up with lots of eggs in the environment. Building up in the environment. But there's lots of products out there these days that, that can help with flea allergies. And one we actually talked about, Dave, a few weeks back with the wild dogs, dog coats and dog harnesses mm. and dog vests, yep. which have permethrin built into the fibre of, of the material of these coats. And just putting these coats onto the dogs will prevent fleas from jumping on. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with the bandanas and vests and harnesses, and now they've also got blankets and bedding as well. So there are modern technologies helped us a long way to counteract the flea. Absolutely, yeah. And your mum is with us <laughs> from Canada. <laughs> I like to say Canada. Our Prime Minister says Canada, so... Uh, <laughs> yes, my mum's out visiting. She's been sitting very quietly, hasn't she? She has Taking been. Taking it all in. She's here to visit my, my daughter, who's the grandchild. 
So we're having a lovely visit. How good is that? Your grand, the granddaughter getting to see you and spend some time with you for a few more days. She's yeah, she's been very excited about it. We went to the reptile park down at Summersby yesterday, which is fantastic. It's really really lovely there. I've Your been daughter before, would have loved that. She did. She she was very excited and hyperactive all day. Mm. But it's a fantastic place and and you know nice and close by, so it's not a big trip. So that was really fun. Yeah. yeah. Anything about Australia that your mum finds unusual? Has she said anything to you like that? Um, well, she's a bit like me. She were both bird lovers, so she really loves the birds. So, you know, we'll be driving along and she'll, oh, cockatoos! And, yeah. and Which I used to do too, but I'm a little bit more you acclimatized drive to an it afternoon now. past Jesmond Park and all the sulfur-crested cockatoos on are the there ground. on the ground. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, so the yeah. birds are pretty impressive. And we actually saw on Sunday we were heading out um, towards Mulbring a little bit and um, we saw some kangaroos on the side of the road. So that's a bit of a, you know, a fancy sort of thing for her to see. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Well, Mum, you're welcome any time to come. It's lovely to have a guest in the studio, isn't, isn't it, good? Yeah, it's it is good. good. Yeah. There's a lot of talking that goes on off-air oh, when I we have a guest in the studio. I sometimes the off-air chat is better than the on-air <laughs> chat. That's just it me. Can but. It and, can be. And, and what kind of questions do you think Dave's asking? Uh, do you have Starbucks? <laughs> <laughs> do you have Maccas? Do you have skunk? I said, do you have skunk in Canada? Because they're in we America. Do. I didn't know. Yeah. yeah, no, we definitely have skunk I don't know these things. Yeah. I was always told if you don't ask the question, you don't find out. That's so right. That's why I Absolutely. Asked. Might we seem like a stupid question. Do you have skunk in Canada? But I now know that you do. We do. We have raccoons. <laughs> we have bears and moose and... Yeah, all sorts of fun things like that. Okay, yeah. and it's getting very cold over there at the moment. So your mum's enjoying this last little bit of sunshine here. Yeah, and the weather's been really lovely. So it's not been too hot, but not too cold either. And we haven't done any beach swimming or anything like that, but that probably suits mum just fine. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good look around. It's We're so cold. happy that you've come and had a little look at our little neck of the woods over here. <laughs> we hope you enjoy it as long as you're here. Yeah. What I was going to talk about, actually, Dave, is going along the topic of sensitive skin, itchy skin issues. Yep. And uh, we've talked about flea allergies. Mm-hmm. But there's also food allergies. Absolutely. Um, with dogs. And uh, the top five ingredients that dogs can be allergic to is uh, chicken, beef, wheat, soy, and corn. Mm. And unfortunately, a lot of those ingredients can be in the dog foods that we are buying. Yeah. So it's about working out what of those ingredients they might be allergic to and not feeding those types of dog foods, but feeding dog foods that have other ingredients, especially yeah. other meats. Yeah, the so. protein allergies are the big ones. I think we're only just starting to um, identify the other ones, particularly the gluten allergies a bit more, but yes. it's always been thought that dogs in particular had um, had protein allergies primarily, and your common meat sources that get into the dog food, so chicken and beef. Um, in Australia, we get quite a bit of... Um, sort of, not lamb, but I guess mutton meat that would get into the dog food here as well for mm. the Australian brands. And so that's probably causing some issues here as well. Um, and so those are the big ones, yeah. We we actually, um, a brand we've talked about that has is Grain Freeze Canada. Yeah. And we've spoken about that brand. And recently they've released a treat and it's got, um, it's, it's got rice flour. It's a yep. biscuit, um, so it doesn't have wheat, but it's got rice flour. But yeah. it's got chicken fat in it. And then some some customers say, "Oh, but my dog's allergic to chicken. I can't feed it." But it's not the chicken fat they're allergic to. It's the the protein of the chicken meat. Yeah, it would just depend though how how well it was sort of filtered out, pro- mm. like processed. Because there's certainly if there was still bits of little chickeny bits in it, that could still certainly cause some issues. Yeah, we've got a call now. Annette's here from Curry Curry, just for you, Kimberly. Hello, Annette. Oh, good afternoon. Actually, I was, I was listening to your uh, program the last week or so ago. Yeah. 
And um, Danny was talking about a new car harness that they're actually mm. uh, being road tested by NRMA. Yes, yes, that's right. It's called the, the Roadie. The Rody Carhanas, it's released by, by Purina. And, uh, it was, it's a very good design, one piece design that's really quite strong and the best that NRMA found for that application. Yes, Danny, I was wondering where could you purchase that, please? Look, Do you have those? Yes, uh, uh, most good pet shops. Most good pet stores have them. So just check out, obviously phone up first before actually going there to make sure that they've got it. And what we're going to do, Annette, is get you to hold on the line there. David will get some more details from you because you have won today. You're our caller who has won the pet portrait, which is worth $100, and that's an A4 size watercolour paper. So we hope you enjoy that. Thanks for being a part of the show with us today, Annette, and we hope we helped you out. We're almost out of time, you guys. Thank you again for today. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Daniel Carrington, also to our vet, Dr. Kimberly Earl. We thank you so much. And Pet Chat will return for you again between midday and 1 o'clock next Wednesday afternoon here at 2 in your RFM.